So tonight we're continuing in uh, our topical series. Um, the last uh, series I did in Romans, I, I finished up on this. Oh, the kids can be released. <laughs> bye, kids. Bye. All right. <laughs> um, I finished up here Romans uh, chapter 16, verse, chapter verse 23, I think. But um, these two verses that we read earlier um, is where I want to kind of pull out something from here. Now I urge you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause dissensions and obstacles contrary to the doctrine you have received, you have learned. Avoid them. For such people do not serve our Lord Christ but their own appetites. They deceive the hearts of the unsuspecting with smooth talk and flattering words. So I want to talk tonight about false teachers and false teaching. Now before I start, I want to say, um, I don't uh, stand up here um, and teach this out of a, a spirit of, of, of pride and arrogance or know-it-all. And none of us, none of us here, Chris, Justin, or Pete, or myself, when we get up to teach, we don't teach from an attitude of, of arrogance or pride as if we know it all. Um, I'm not a theologian or scholar. Um, um, I do know some stuff, you know, and so, um, but I don't stand up here and act like I know it all or I'm perfect and, I, and I've got it all together. None of us do that. Um, but this is a very serious topic in the Bible. God is very serious about false teachers and false teaching. The Bible in the Old and New Testament is very hard on false teachers and false teaching because it's a serious matter. And anytime you're talking about God and you teach error concerning God, God takes it very seriously. So I want, I want to say, I, want, I stand up here humbly uh, uh, today as I teach on this subject. I'm, I'm learning myself as we go. I, I, and I, I've said this before, and I, want, and I think it bears repeating. Um, we as pastors, we sometimes get to teach, but we're always students. We sometimes get to stand up here and teach by the grace of God, but we are always forever students. We are always learning. You know, that's why we read all the time and, and, and those kind of things, because we don't know it all. Um, and nobody does. Even your favorite pastor doesn't know it all. <laughs> He's wrong about some things. <laughs> OK, so um, so I just want to start out with that. It's, it's, it's a very serious issue. So um, um, first Timothy, chapter four is where we're going to base everything out of. We're going to be base everything out of this verse right here. First Timothy, chapter four and verse one, it says, now the spirit explicitly says that in latter times, later times, some will depart from the faith paying attention to deceitful spirits and the teachings of demons. All right. Um, Paul says, now the spirit explicitly says, and that means in an open and plain manner. Um, it's in stated terms. It actually is referred to a rhema word from God. Um, the spirit, God, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, explicitly said this to Paul. He says, the spirit explicitly says that in the latter times, some will depart from the, from the faith. Latter times is that period of the first coming of Christ and his return. The two advents of Christ is coming um, and, his, and his return. Um, and that's what he's talking about when he says in latter times and later times. Pretty much the time we're living in now since the resurrection. All right. Um, and Jesus talked about this. Jesus warned about um, false teachers. But Paul says the spirit explicitly said to him that in later times, the time we're living in now, that some will do these things. And Jesus also said in Mark chapter 13, Jesus said, for false messiahs and false prophets will arise. You see what he said? He says, um, for false messiahs and false prophets will rise up and will perform signs and wonders for a reason to lead astray. So you can be fooled by signs and wonders, quote unquote. You can be fooled by, quote unquote, miracles and acts of, of, of uh, uh, stuff that you're not used to seeing. You can be fooled by that. 
through false messiahs and false prophets. He says, and they will rise up and will perform signs and wonders to lead astray, if possible, the elect. He said, if it was possible for him to lead, to lead the elect, they would. But Jesus warned about this. He said, in the last days, false prophets and false messiahs will rise up. And we've seen that. And perform signs and wonders to lead astray. So Paul wasn't, wasn't mentioning anything new necessarily when he said that. He said the Spirit explicitly says this. You know, so also, Paul, again, in Acts chapter 20. Now, this is Paul um, with the, talking to the Ephesian elders. The same church in 1 Timothy, where Timothy was a pastor in Ephesus. And this is Paul uh, on his way leaving the Ephesian elders. He's giving an address to the Ephesian elders. And this is part of what he said to them. He says, and now I know that none of you will ever see my face again. This is his goodbye. He said, you're not going to see me again. I just want to let you know that this is goodbye. We're probably not going to see each other anymore. You will never see my face again. Everyone I went, up, everyone I went about preaching the kingdom to. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of everyone's blood. Paul said, my hands are clean. For I did not shrink back from declaring to you the whole plan of God. I didn't keep nothing back. I told you everything that God revealed to me in the scriptures. He said, I I revealed everything. I didn't hold nothing back. For I did not shrink back from declaring to you the whole plan of God. Be on guard for yourselves. Listen to what he says. He's talking to the pastors now. He says, be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock that the Holy Spirit has appointed you as overseers. Be on guard for yourselves and for the people that God has put you over as, as, as leaders of a church. He said, watch out, you, both of you be on guard. Be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock that the Holy Spirit has appointed you to, to as overseers, to shepherd, care for the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. This caused, this caused God the life of his very son. 29, I know that after my departure, when I leave, savage wolves will come in among you. Listen to the language he uses, talking about false teachers. Savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. They don't care about the the flock. And men will rise up from your own number with deviant doctrines to lure the disciples into following them. Did you hear that? He said, men from from your own flock, he said, will rise up among you from your own number, with deviant doctrines. We're going to get into some of that later. Deviant doctrines. To lure the disciples into following them. Come follow me. With deviant doctrines, pulling people out of the congregation to follow them. Verse 31, therefore, be on the alert. Remembering that night and day for three years, I did not stop warning each one of you with tears. Paul said, I cried about this for three years. That's how serious this was to him. He said... Remembering that night and day for three years, I did not stop warning each one of you with tears. Listen, I'm warning you. This is what's going to happen, church. When I leave, this is what's going to happen. This is what Paul was saying. This is what's going to happen with tears rolling down his face. So it was very serious. He was crying about this. That's how serious it was to Paul. So it's not something to be taken lightly. So the Spirit explicitly says that in later times, what will happen? Some will depart from the faith. Some will depart from the faith. He said he didn't say they will depart from faith. He said they will depart from the faith. What is the faith? Jude says the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. The gospel, the body of truth in scripture. That's what they will depart from. They'll still have faith. It just won't be in that. 
But they'll have faith. People got faith in all kinds of stuff nowadays. He said they're going to depart from the truth, from the faith. Apostemia is the name. It means to apostatize. It means to stand off or aloof, to move away from an original position. They used to believe this. They moved from their original position. Okay, it's a falling away. And they're going to fall away from, they're going to go outside the bounds of Christianity. They're going to depart from that, apostatize, leave, fall away from biblical truth. And these are not necessarily professed believers, although it may include professed believers. People who profess to believe in the scriptures, whether actually or just intellectually. See, because you can believe this in your head, but not in your heart. See, I don't believe people actually save people, but they profess to be. But also, um, I think just the culture in general would depart from this, and we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, so they weren't necessarily um, actual believers, but just profess with their mouth. Yeah, I'm a Christian, but not really. Those people will apostatize, fall away, leave the faith. So there's a, there's a deconstruction. The, whole, the word deconstruction is very popular now where we see a lot of people deconstructing their faith where they're basically leaving Christianity. Now, some of them call it deconstruction, but it's really destroying. It's a destruction of the faith. Now, they, 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 they claim that you know, they're still Christian, but they depart from, the, from, the, from orthodoxy, and we'll talk a little bit about that later. They depart from the, the primary issues of the faith, which means they leave Christianity. Like I said, they will depart from uh, biblical Christianity, and some of them are still claiming to be Christian. Now, now, there are secondary issues we can disagree on. So I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about you know, secondary issues like eschatology or, or the gifts of the Spirit or baptism. I'm, I'm not talking about those kind of things. We can disagree on those things, and you can still be in the pale of orthodoxy, still be Christians. I'm talking about stuff that just people to just leave Jesus is no longer God. Okay, that's, that's a whole different issue. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. So you have um, theological apostasy. Then you have cultural apostasy. People who, um, there was a time when in America, they respected the church. They respected Christianity. When I was growing up in particular, even before, um, there was a time when they respected Christianity. Even if they didn't adhere to it or believe it, they at least expect, respected the church. That is no longer the issue. But there was a time when they respected the church. I remember growing up, when I was growing up, uh, there were instances where, you know, if people drove past the church, they were driving past the church, and they had on secular music, they would turn down the music when they drove past the church. Do you remember that, Diane? Seriously. You know, if they were smoking a cigarette, they would put the cigarette out or, 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 and throw it away as they walked past the church. No, that's extreme. You don't need to do all of that. But my point was, they had a respect for God and God's people. You know, um, you know, if, if, there was, if there was a Christian in the room and somebody cussed, somebody else would say, man, stop cussing. They're, they're Christians. Stop cussing. They would do that. I remember that. Not anymore. They'll cuss you out as a Christian. <laughs> but my point is, there was a time when they respected God. There was a time in Hollywood. When Hollywood, whenever they did a movie that had a spiritual thing, they would have Christians on the set, priests in particular on the set to guide them in the movie. They did, there was a time when Hollywood did that. 
1963, the church said, they said, well, we don't really see any benefit in doing this, so they pulled out of Hollywood. The Christians did. We don't need, we don't do. And about a year after they pulled out, pulled out, guess what movie came out? Rosemary's Baby. A movie about a woman who has sex with the devil and has a baby. That was the first movie that came out after, the, after Christians said, ah, let's pull out of this. We don't, this ain't really. That would have never came out if them Christians hadn't been sitting there. But there was a time when they respected the church's opinion about stuff like that. And now you got all kind of stuff in movies because there's no Christian influence. So there was a time when the church, that's my point, there was a time when they respected God, they respected Christian, they respected the church, but that's no longer the case. They departed from that. They don't do that anymore. All right, so let's look at a couple of scriptures here. Galatians chapter 1. This is Paul says, look, I am amazed that you are so quickly turning away from him who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Wow. He said, I'm amazed that you are doing it so quickly, turning away from him who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another gospel. There's not. But there are some who are troubling you and want to change the good news about the Messiah. They want to change who Jesus is and what he said. They want to depart from that. But even if we or an angel from heaven shall preach to you a gospel other than what we have preached to you, a curse be upon him, exclamation point. Paul said, listen, that brother, that sister needs to be cursed if they come with another gospel. A curse be upon him. As we have said before, I now say again, if anyone preaches to you a gospel contrary to what you receive, a curse be upon him. I'm going to say it again. Curse to be upon you if you dare try to change this. Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way. See, deception, false teachers always give you deception. We're going to see that word a lot. Deceive, false spirits, lying spirit, deception. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way. For that day, the, what day? The day of the Lord will not come unless the apostasy, the great falling away, the same word, comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed. Before, before that day comes, before the day of the Lord comes, you're going to see a great departure from biblical truth. Before the day of the Lord comes, you're going to see a people turning away from who Jesus is, what the gospel is, what the Bible really says. You're going to be people turning away from that before that day comes. He said the day will not come unless the apostasy comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction, the Antichrist. He opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship so that he sits in God's sanctuary, publicizing that he himself is God. Wow. But that day is not going to come until the apostasy comes first. People falling away from biblical truth and the truth of the gospel. So we've seen a warning about this before. It's not the first time. There's several places where you see that. Now, the Spirit explicitly says that in the latter time, some will depart from the faith. Like I said, not faith, but the faith. And how are they going to do that? Paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. Paying attention to, that means to turn one's mind towards, to attend to, to give oneself over to. It's how the apostasy arises. People turn away from the truth and start turning their way towards 
false teaching. They start paying attention to stuff that's not true. They give their ear to false teachers. They start listening to false teachers, not because of intelligence of the teachers, but a satanic deception. It's satanic. It's not a, it's not a head issue. It's a heart issue. See, sometimes we just, want, we just want to hear certain things. So that sounds good. That sounds like when people start saying stuff that, that, that tickles your ear, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. You want to hear that. Oh, let me turn that up. What did he say? I ain't never heard that before in my church. Oh, really? Did, what? Start paying attention to it. Let me, let me turn that up. They start paying attention to stuff that sounds good to them. Start paying attention to what? Deceitful spirits. Deceitful spirits. Lying spirits. Spirits that don't tell the truth, they start listening to. Whatever that is. We can talk about some of that stuff. But whatever that is, they start paying attention to it. Now, it's interesting they call them deceitful spirits. Like the Bible, Jesus said, Jesus said, the devil is a liar and the father of lies. When he speaks, he's speaking from his own nature because he's a liar by nature. And so the spirits come from him. We'll find out in a minute. They're coming from him. They're deceitful spirits. There's a story in the Old Testament I want to look at. In 1 Kings chapter 22, now this is the story of two kings, Ahab and Jehoshaphat, and, and there, were, uh, uh, there was an issue, and, 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 and Ahab wanted to know what God was saying about the issue. And so his prophets came and spoke and said, God's going to give you victory. I'm paraphrasing here. God's going to give you victory. Go ahead, blah, 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 blah. And Joseph had said, well, isn't there a prophet of God around that we can talk to? And Ahab said, yeah, but you know what? I hate him. He always preaches bad against me. He don't ever say anything good about me. That's what he said. He said, I hate him. Every time I call him, he always got some bad news for me. And, and, and Joseph said, well, let's call him anyway. Call him and let's hear what he got to say. And so he called him. His name was Micaiah. And, 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 and he said, and first of all, he was, he, was, he was being sarcastic. He said, yeah, you're going to have victory, blah, 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 blah. And Ahab knew he was lying. Ahab said, come on, stop playing with me. Tell me what God is really saying. And then he did. He told him exactly what God said. And here's his response. So the king of Israel said to Hosephat, didn't I tell you he never prophesies good about me, but only disaster? Now, after he heard what, the, what God really said, he said, see, this is, why, this is why I didn't want to call it. See, I told you he never prophesied good about me, but only disaster. That's why I didn't want to call him. I wanted to hear my prophets. Then Micaiah said, therefore, hear the word of the Lord. Now, this is what God really said. <laughs> I saw the Lord sitting on his throne and the whole assembly and the whole heavenly host was standing by him at his right hand and at his left hand. And the Lord said, who will entice Ahab to march up and fall at Ramoth Gilead? So one was saying this and another was saying that. One was saying, oh, we, do, we should do this, we should do that. Verse 21, then a spirit came forward, stood before the Lord and said, I will entice him. Now, this is an interesting story when you think about it. And there's a lot of controversy about what's really going on here. And I ain't got time to get into all of that. <laughs> Study it yourself. <laughs> then a spirit came forward, stood before the Lord and said, I will entice him. Then the Lord asked him, how? How are you going to do that? And he said, I will go and become a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. Listen to that. He said, I'm going to go and become a lying spirit in the mouth of his prophets, the people that he's listening to. 
Then he said, you will certainly entice him and prevail. God said, okay, yeah, go. Go and do that. You see, the Lord has put a lying spirit into the mouth of all these prophets of yours. Look at this. It says the Lord has put a lying spirit into the mouth. That's a whole other issue. What? The God of truth put a lying spirit? <laughs> you see, the Lord has put a lying spirit into the mouth of all these prophets of yours, and the Lord has pronounced disaster against you. Disaster against you. God laid out the truth to Ahab through the prophet. He told him exactly what was, what was going to happen. He laid out the truth. Ahab had a choice who to believe, the false prophet or God's prophet. He had a choice of which one to believe. He didn't want to know the truth. God permits lying spirits to deceive those who will not believe the truth. God permits those with lying spirits to deceive those who will not believe the truth. Not because it wasn't presented to them, but because they choose not to. The spirit was plainly laid out to Ahab. This is what the Lord said. It's going to be a disaster. All your prophets were lying to you. A lying spirit. So in, sec- in the New Testament, we've got an example of this in the New Testament. We're going to see something in the New Testament. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 9. This is Paul talking. He says, he coming of the lawless one is based on Satan's working with all kinds of false miracles, signs, and wonders. Key word is false. False miracles, false signs, and false wonders. And with every unrighteous deception among those who are perishing. Listen, who, who is to those who are perishing? Why? They perish, and he tells you why. Because they did not accept the love of the truth in order to be saved. God said, not because I fooled him, but because, because they did not accept the love of the truth in order to be saved. The truth is laid out right before him. The truth is laid out in our culture. The truth is laid out in a lot of churches every Sunday with unbelievers sitting right up in there. They perish because they did not accept the love of the truth. The truth is the most important thing in the universe. Truth. In order to be saved. Truth is what saves you. The truth of the gospel is what saves us. The truth of who Jesus is is what saves us. For this reason, listen to this, God sends them a strong delusion. Why? Because they choose not to believe. God says, you want to believe a lie? Okay. God sends them a strong delusion so that they will believe what is false. Why? Because they wanted to. Not because God is deceiving them. God is not deceiving anybody. They wanted to believe a lie. They already believed in God, and they refused to believe the love of the truth. Pharaoh already hardened his heart. God sends them a strong delusion so that they will believe what is false, so that all will be condemned, those who did not believe the truth but enjoyed unrighteousness. Why did they not believe the truth? Because they enjoyed unrighteousness. They didn't believe the truth. God said, I'm going to send you a strong delusion. You want to believe a lie? Okay, have it your way. He gives you over. Hmm. They didn't want to know the truth. They had itching ears. See, we, we want to hear what we want to hear. 
we want to hear what we want to hear. Second Timothy chapter four. For the time will come, the latter days, same time, the time will come when they will not tolerate sound doctrine. Listen to the word tolerate. I don't want to hear nothing sound. They will not tolerate sound doctrine. That's boring. Sound doctrine is boring. They will not tolerate it. I'm, I'm tired of hearing that gospel stuff. Give me something new. But according to their own desires, their own desires, what they want, their own autonomy, to their own desires, will multiply teachers for themselves. They're going to go find teachers going to tell them what they want to hear. Because they have an itch to hear something new. I'm tired of hearing the same old stuff. What else is out there? Here's a scripture in, in Acts where it says, the Athenians and foreigners spent their time on doing nothing but hearing and telling something new. That's all they did, was waiting to hear. What's, what's, what, what's new coming down, theologically, spiritually? What's, what's, what's new out there now? This is old. The gospel's old. What's new? Who's out there other than Jesus? What other messiahs are there? Because they have an itch to hear something new. They will turn away, depart. Remember that, falling away, uh, turning away. They will turn away from hearing the truth and will turn aside, pay attention to myths. They will turn aside, pay attention to myths. The word is muthos. It means to keep secret, to be dumb, like, like dumb, like in speaking you can't talk. Mysterion is the word. It means a secret, a mystery, a story, a narrative, a fable, a fiction, opposite of the truth. So they're going to turn to those. Opposite of logos. In John 1, 1, in the beginning of the word was the logos. They're going to turn away from that. And turn aside to myths, fables, fiction, stuff that's not true. But as for you, be serious about everything. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. He says they will turn away from hearing the truth and will turn aside to myths. Truth in our culture is there's, there's sub, it's, it's subjective, quote unquote. It's whatever you think or feel. But truth is objective. Truth ain't got nothing to do with how you feel or think. And truth does not care about your feelings. <laughs> Ask them. <laughs> Truth does not care about your feelings. Truth will hurt your feelings. Matter of fact, listen, I'm witness. Truth will hurt your feelings. <laughs> but it's truth. And it will set you free. They will turn aside from hearing the truth and will turn aside to myths. Myths like, you know, uh, Jesus didn't really die on the cross. Myths, stuff that's not real. I'm, I'm going to hold, I'm, I'm, I'm hold off on that. We can get into that in a minute. They will turn us out to myths. But as for you, eternal city, be serious about everything. Endure hardship, do the work of evangelists, fulfill your ministry. Deceitful spirits represent one power of falsehood, and that's Satan himself. All these deceitful spirits represent one falsehood. Satan himself, who is the liar of all liars, the father of lies, the originator of lies. And all these deceitful spirits and false doctrines emanate from him. 
I know that's controversial. That's not. Every other theology, religion, if you will, is from Satan. Every other one. Other than the gospel. Is from Satan. Deceitful spirits represent one power of falsehood, Satan himself, and they lead people astray. They want to lead you astray. I know we live in a culture where, you know, um, that's, a, that's a controversial statement to say that, you know, Jesus is the only way to God. But that's what he said. Why are you getting mad at me? <laughs> I'm just repeating what he said. Now you go take that up with him. Now, not all of these false prophets and teachers are in cults. Now, we know that cults, you know, when we think of a cult, we all say, okay, well, that's a cult. We know that's not from God. You know, Jim Jones and, and Applegate and all that stuff, those are cults. Okay, but listen, all of them ain't, ain't in cults. Some of them are in pulpits. Some of these false teachers, these lying spirits, these deceitful spirits are in pulpits. Every Sunday. Second Corinthians chapter 11. And this is Paul talking about all the, 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 the false teachers, the false apostles that are accusing him of being a false apostle, ironically enough. For such people are false apostles. Is that word false again? False apostles, deceitful workers. Is that word again? Deceitful. Lying spirits, deceitful spirits. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, Disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. Disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan disguised himself as an angel of light. See, see, when you, when you want to hear something, there's always somebody to tell you what you want to hear. Always somebody to tell you. See, like I said, like we just read, um, I'm having itching ears. And so these, these false these workers... Um, they grow in that kind of environment. People have itching ears. You know, so we, see, we, we, we want a church to tell us what we want to hear. I'm, I don't want to go to a church that's going to tell me about my sin. I want to go to a church that only talks about God's love for me and how God blesses me. And, you know, that's all I want to hear. Don't talk about my sin. See, we want a blessing church all, all only. You know. Bless me, Jesus, but don't mess with me, Jesus. Bless me, Jesus, but stay out of my business, Jesus. Bless me, Jesus, but stay out of my bedroom, Jesus. Bless me, Jesus, but don't ask me to change, Jesus. That's what we want. We want Jesus and sin. I want Jesus and sex outside of marriage. I want Jesus and adultery. I want Jesus and my same-sex boo. I want Jesus and pornography. I want Jesus and my sin but you ain't getting that and the seat workers love that they, 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 they germinate in that environment for such people are false apostles, deceitful workers disguising themselves as apostles of Christ disguising themselves, they got on a mask that says Jesus on it and no wonder Paul said this ain't no big deal for Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. He disguises himself as an angel of light. Satan ain't going to come to you as Satan. <laughs> Why would he do that? 
He ain't gonna come to you looking all ugly and no, with a with a pitchfork. No, that's not how he's coming. He's gonna come looking good, smelling good, sounding good. <laughs> As an angel of light. So it is no great thing if his servants, notice Satan got servants. It's no great thing if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness, disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. Instead, they were righteous. They disguise themselves as servants of righteousness because they know that's what the church wants. The church said, you must be righteous. Okay, let's pretend to be righteous so we can fool these Christians. No wonder. So it is no great thing if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. Their destiny will be according to their works. In other words, they got it coming. God has already destined them for destruction. Servants of righteousness. See, they, they, they in church, y'all, they ain't just out there in the cults. They in churches, mega churches, small churches. They, they carry big Bibles and they work for the devil. Disguised as servants. They use words like Jesus and tolerate and love and acceptance. They use all the right terminology, but use different meanings. They disguise themselves as servants of right. They ain't just in cults, they in church. All right. They will depart from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and the teachings of demons. Teachings of demons. Wow. Interesting, this is the only place the word demon is used in the pastoral epistles, epistles interestingly enough. But he said, they're going to pay attention to deceitful spirits and teachings that come straight from the pit of hell. I want to read something. Um... This is an article uh, from the Christianity Today a couple months ago, and it talks about the five heresies among American evangelicals. Five heresies among American evangelicals. More than half affirm heretical views of God in this year's State of Theology survey, released Monday by Ligonier Ministries and Lifeway Research. Overall, adults in the U.S. are moving away from orthodox understandings of God and his word year after year, departing, moving away from. More than half of the country, 53%, now believe Scripture is not literally true. And that's up from 41% when the annual survey began in 2014. The rejection of the divine authorship of the Bible declares the most consistent trend over the, last, over the eight years of data. This view makes it easy for individuals to accept biblical teaching that they resonate with while simultaneously rejecting any biblical teaching that is out of step with their own personal views or broader cultural values. Did you hear that? It makes it easy for them to accept biblical teachings that resonate with, with, that they resonate with, some of the stuff they agree with, while at the same time rejecting any biblical teaching that is out of step with their own personal views, what I think, and the broader cultural values. That's not where our culture is today. In the 2022 survey, around a quarter of evangelicals, 21%, said the Bible is not literally true, up from 15% in 2020. 38% also said in 2022 um, 
that religious belief is a matter of personal opinion and not about objective truth. These are supposed to be evangelicals, by the way. So let me give you the five heresies that they believe. It's not in any particular order, but this is uh, five of the things that they believe. Number one, Jesus isn't the only way to God. 56% of evangelicals responded to the firm that God accepts the worship of all religions, including Christianity, Judaism, and Islam, up from 42% in 2020. 56% say Jesus is not the only way to God. Number two, Jesus was created by God. 73% agreed with the statement that Jesus is the first and greatest being created by God. This is theological apostasy, doctrines of demons. Number three, Jesus is not God. 43% affirm that Jesus was a great teacher, but he was not God. 43%. Number four, the Holy Spirit is not a personal being. 60% of the evangelical survey respondents had some confusion about the third member of the Trinity, believing that the Holy Spirit is a force, but is not a personal being. They sound like Jehovah's Witnesses. And last, humans aren't sinful by nature. 57% agreed to the statement that everyone sins a little, but most people are good by nature. In other words, humans might be capable of committing individual sins, but we do not have sinful natures. This is church folk. In the latter time, some will depart from the faith. And here's proof of it right here. And giving heed to, see, these are teachings of seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. So there's theological teaching. There's also cultural teaching. Now, this is a theological departure. But I want to talk about some of the cultural things. See, we can apostatize culturally, too. And what I mean by that is where the culture adopts uh, unbiblical teachings. The Bible lays out some things for us as, 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 as a society of people. Um, and the culture bucks against that. Marriage is between a man and a woman. For this reason shall man leave his, his, his father and mother and cling to his wife. Wife, a man and wife. Biblically, marriage is between a man and a woman. Culture says two men, two women. Cultural apostasy. In the beginning, God created them male and female. Two genders, male and female. Culture says there's many genders. Gender is fluid. Cultural apostasy. God says man and woman in relationship. The Bible is a very heterosexual book. Culture says homosexuality is okay. Cultural apostasy. Doctrines of demons. I'm not picking on anybody. I'm not picking on anybody. Hear me what I'm saying. Listen, I'm trying to get you to see what is happening in our culture, what the scripture is talking about. That's what I'm trying to get you to see. It's not about anything else. 
God made men and women. They're different. Equal in value, different in function. God didn't make a mistake. You're not a a woman because you feel like it. You're not a man because you feel like it. That's culture. God didn't make a mistake. The issue is not with God. The mirror isn't lying. The testosterone in your body isn't lying. All right. So we got theological apostasy, what I just read, but you also have cultural apostasy, some of the things I just mentioned. Now, the question is, in my last few minutes, how do we, as a church, what is our defense against false teachers and false teachings? What is our defense against them? How do we guard ourselves? Like I said, guard, the Bible talks about guarding what, you, what, you, what, what you've learned. How do we protect ourselves against it? Number one is personal study. Personal study. 2 Timothy 2.15, we know this verse. Be diligent to present yourselves or study to show yourself to prove to God a worker who doesn't need to be ashamed, correctly teaching the word of truth. Study, the King James says, study to show yourself approved. Church, we got to study the Bible. We got to study scripture. We have, we have to know what we believe and why we believe it. First Timothy 4, pay close attention to your life and your teaching. Pay close attention to your life and your teaching, what you teach and what you allow yourself to be taught. He says, pay close attention to that. People say, oh, people at church arguing over doctrine, doctrine and important. Yes, it is. It's hugely important, especially for Christians. Pay close attention to your teaching. Persevere in these things, for by doing this, you will save both yourself and your hearers. You're saved by teaching, by doctrine. He said, pay close attention to that. Turn off Facebook, get off Instagram, and get in your Bible. Turn off the TV, get off Twitter, and open up your Bible. So you won't pay attention to... Personal study. Number two is a good Bible-believing teaching church like Eternal City. Shameless plug. (laughs) Amen. Old Testament, Jeremiah. God says, I will give you shepherds or pastors who are loyal to me, and they will shepherd you with knowledge and skill. Get into a church with pastors like this. There's a reason God gives you pastors. You can't just say, I don't need a pastor. Yes, you do. I don't need to go to church. Yes, you do. That's why God set it up. Who's your pastor? I ain't got one. Jesus is my pastor. No, he's not. Stop being deep. You need me. (laughs) Seriously, you need a pastor who will feed you, feed you. Listen, listen. I'm going to get into the last part in a minute. Study on your own, yes. But you also need people that God has gifted to teach who who will give you stuff you may not get on your own. That's why they're there. Get yourself into a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church with pastors like this. 
Ephesians 4. And he personally gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Why? For the training of the saints in the work of the ministry. You need these people to train you for the ministry. To build up the body of Christ. We get built up through the, through the local church. Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son. Until we all come to know who Jesus is. Growing into a mature man with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. You need to grow up. You can't stay a child spiritually forever. You got to get off milk, like it talks about in, in, in Hebrews. You need to get on some, some stuff you need to chew. Some solid food. Steak and, you know, chicken. And <laughs> you can't just eat soup all of your life. Grow up, church. Amen. For the training until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of God's Son, growing into a mature man with a sedger matched by Christ's fullness. Then we will no longer be children tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching. See, that's what children do. They just go from one thing to another. Children. You know, that sounds good. Oh, that sounds good. Well, I like that too. I like that. That sounds good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds good. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Just toss to and fro with every wind of teaching, every wind of God. Oh, I like that. I like that. That sounds good. That sounds good. Children. He says, you grow up so that you won't be tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching. Listen, by human cunning with cleverness and the techniques of deceit, that word again. So that you won't be blown around by human cunning with cleverness. They're very smart in doing it. In the techniques of deceit, they're very good at deceiving you. Very good. But speaking the truth in love, truth, truth in love, let us grow into every way into him who is head, even Christ. But speaking the truth in love, truth, truth in, truth in scripture is never plural. It's always singular. He says, I, I, I rejoice that my children are walking in the truth, it says in 1 John. In the truth, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. What truth? What singular truth? The truth of Scripture, the Bible. See, God has one body of truth that will save you. The devil has doctrines of demons that will send you to hell. God got one way to save you. The devil got many ways to send you to hell. Many doctrines, deceitful spirits. All right. First Timothy 3, I write these things to you, hoping to come to you soon. But if I should be delayed, I have written so that you will know how people are to act in God's household, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of the truth. There it is, the truth. See, you learn the truth here in the, in the, in the church of God. And you learn the truth. That's why you need to go to church. You need to, that's where the truth is found. Thirdly, first of all, personal study. Secondly, a good biblical Bible teaching church. And lastly, the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Holy Spirit. He is the spirit of truth. The world is unable to receive him because it doesn't see him or know him, but you do know him because he remains with you, and he will, will be in you, the spirit of truth. John 16, I still have many things to tell you, but you can't bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will guide you into the truth, not deception. The Spirit will guide you into all truth, not into deceitful spirits, following deceitful spirits and paying attention to them. For he will not speak on his own, but he will speak whatever he hears. He will also declare to you what is to come. So three ways, personal study, 
Good Bible Church, the Holy Spirit. James Boyce, in his commentary on 1 John, says this. Um, 1 John chapter 2. Children, it is the last hour, remember, uh, and the Spirit explicitly says in the last day, the last hour, same time. As you have heard, Antichrist is coming. Even now, many Antichrists have come. We know from this that it is the last hour because there's many Antichrist spirits in the world. They went out from us, but they did not belong to us. If they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. However, they went out so that it might be made clear that none of them belonged to us. They were never really saved. But you have an anointing from the Holy One. Listen to this. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you have knowledge. What is the anointing? The Holy Spirit. You have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you have knowledge. I have not written to you because you don't know the truth, but because you do know it. You already know it. And because no lie comes from the truth. Listen to that. He said no lie comes from the truth. They, they, don't, they don't work together. Who is the liar if not the one who denies that Jesus is the Messiah? This one is the Antichrist, the one who denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son can have the Father. He who confesses the Son has the Father as well. It tells you who's saved and who ain't. But James Boyce says this in his commentary. Two characteristics of the true believer. Number one, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And all know the truth that's centered in Jesus Christ. We have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. That's why he says, he says uh, verse 20, but you have an anointing from the Holy One and you all have knowledge. See, the Holy Spirit is your, is your fact checker. <laughs> the Holy Spirit will let you know when there's a deceiving spirit. You know, Spider-Man has a, 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 a spidey sense that tingles when trouble, when, when there's trouble around him, his, his spidey sense starts tingling. I like to say we have a Holy Ghost ten, a sense that tingles. When something about your Holy Ghost, so it's like, oh, something wrong, something going on. <laughs> your Holy Ghost sense ought to start tingling when false teachers come around. So we all have an anointed the Holy Spirit, and we all know the truth. Um, I love what Tony Evans says in his commentary. Every believer has the internal teaching ministry of the Holy Spirit who illuminates the believer's mind to understand and apply God's truth as well as detect deception. Everybody got it. He says, every believer has the internal teaching ministry of the Holy Spirit who illuminates the believer's mind to understand and apply God's truth. See, when you read the Bible, the Holy Spirit gives you the meaning of it. It exegetes the text to you, the Holy Spirit. It illuminates the truth to you. Illuminate the believer's mind to understand and apply God's truth as well as detect deception. The Holy Spirit will also say, ah, oh, that ain't right. Wrong. See, that's why even when it's, when it's a pastor, when it's a teacher up front, and they say something that's off, your spirit ought to uh, tingle. When you're watching TV and you, you're watching... <laughs> And you know, sometimes it's tingling the whole episode. It's just your Holy Spirit. It's just. <laughs> when you're watching J.O. Anyway, the power of the Spirit is always available, but we don't always operate in a, in a position of dependence. Just like a, a satellite dish. Satellite dish, you have a satellite dish, but it has to be hooked up to a signal. But the problem is, our dish only functions on Sunday mornings. <laughs> we only have it on on Sunday mornings. The rest of the week, we turn it off. Uh uh-uh, uh, no, that'll always be up. Always. So, as we take communion, as we prepare to take communion, listen, false teaching is a very serious issue. It's, it's a very serious issue. I don't know of any, anywhere in the scripture where the Bible ever tells you to pray for a false teacher. I'm like, ooh. Now, I'm not saying don't, but the Bible never says. The Bible's very hard on false teaching and false teachers, Old and New Testament. When you're teaching about God, you've got to be right. 
False teachers were stoned in the Old Testament. They were killed. Deuteronomy 18. God took that so seriously. Paul takes it very seriously. So Jesus' death was a serious matter. And you got to get that right. The gospel is a serious issue. Paul, when he, when, he, when he confronted Peter, he said, you're messing with the gospel with this. False teachers are messing with the gospel. That's a serious issue. So as we begin to, to celebrate and partake of the symbol, let us be reminded of the seriousness of the gospel and the truth, the truth, not truths, the seriousness of the truth, and that we can't allow ourselves to be deceived and fooled. We can't listen, pay attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. Know your scripture. Know your Bible, church. What does the Bible say about this? So we're going to sing a song. We're going to play a song. And then I'm going to come back and we'll partake together. Like I said earlier, um, I don't stand up here as well as the other pastors as as if we're perfect um, or sinless. Um, That was not my point. Uh, we all struggle with sin, myself included. So I wasn't talking about you struggling with sin. I'm talking about your attitude about it. Um, um, it's a serious thing. I'm talking about your attitude about false teaching and, and, and sin and, and the gospel. Um, we take that seriously. Um, so that was my point. I wasn't trying to sound um, prideful or arrogant or self-righteous. So please, um, I hope you didn't take it that way. Um, but as we, as we partake of this, let us remember the seriousness of the cross, the seriousness of what God did on our behalf, and the reason he takes false teaching and false teachers so seriously, because it messes with the cross. It messes with the cross, and that is not to be played with. So God, we thank you for what Jesus did. Thank you. Once your enemy, now seated at your table, Jesus, thank you. For, for leading us and guiding us into the truth by your spirit. The spirit of truth. Thank you, spirit of truth, for being our fact checker, for keeping us from false teaching and false teachers. Thank you. Now as we partake, we honor you, we love you, and we glorify you for what you've done for us at Calvary. In Jesus' name, let us partake. Thank you again, Lord, for your faithfulness to us. Even when we get off track, you lead us back by your spirit and through your grace and mercy because you love us. And for that, we're grateful. Bless us this week as we go. Lead us and guide us by your spirit. Bring us back next week at the appointed time. We'll give you glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Love y'all.